0: Africa State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. Get it on iTunes now.
1: If you're like me, you're probably so hooked on the Netflix series, The Crown. What I found most intriguing about the series was the fact that, that only a small handful of people ever got to have or get to have a personal audience with the Queen. Last night, while I was excitedly getting ready for my interview today, I was chatting to one of my close friends in Nigeria and she said to me, Lee, do you realize that tomorrow you get to have a personal audience with the Princess of Africa? Yvonne Chakachaka is an example of your gift making room for you and bringing you before great men. From her humble beginnings in Dobsonville, Soweto, she was the youngest of three girls. Her father that she adored passed away when she was only 11 years old and because she was so close to him, she took it upon herself to try and be there for her mom and for her sisters. Fast forward to 2018, she's become the keeper of many women and children in Africa that don't have a voice through her work at UNICEF UN and the World Health Organization. She's also Won numerous awards Including the, the BET award um, Afrima awards OK TV awards SAMA award uh, The Cora awards And also Was mentioned To be one of The 8th most Powerful women In the world Which is a Phenomenal feat To have Miriam Makeba Has described her As her baby Brahimasekela Described her As his crazy niece And she has Somehow managed To get Bill Clinton Nelson Mandela And Desmond Tutu To all dance And stage with her With a career That is spanning Over 25 years She's showing No signs. Of slowing down, and to imagine it all happened by chance, when she was the first black child in South Africa on South African TV at the height of apartheid, where she was cast for Sugar Shack. This followed into a recording deal, and as history has shown, she became a Pan African sensation. Her music, I- her music is literally the soundtrack to Africa. She was filling up stadiums and touring the continent way before there were proper channels in place, and in many countries, promoters would even oversell their tickets because she was so popular. A singer, a songwriter founder of the Princess of Africa Foundation, humanitarian, UN Goodwill Ambassador, philanthropist, teacher, and one of Africa's greatest citizens. And she is, of course, the Princess of Africa because she has a big heart for the continent of Africa. She's been changing the narrative from a young age and she continues to do so. Welcome to our, sh- to our show today, Yvonne Chakachaka. She is part of Africa's State of Mind. Yay.
0: Wow, Lee. I was actually looking forward to meeting that person you were talking about.
1: And it's you, imagine. <laughs> wow. I'm blushing. Oh, it's so awesome to be speaking to you. I just have to say, before anything, I think you know, because I'm from Uganda originally.
0: Where you? You should get a Ugandan passport. <laughs> well, I'll tell you all about Uganda.
1: Yeah, Uganda absolutely loves you. I just remember, um, you know, obviously growing up outside of um, Uganda, um, the thing that kept my, my my parents feeling closest connected to home and everything was always your music. So every time there was a Ugandan gathering or everything, every time your music came on, all of my aunties and uncles and everybody who was would just go crazy. So it's just really such a, like you're literally like the pop icon before there was even like a Beyonce or anything. You are that person for Africa. Thank
0: you very much. I love Uganda very much. I must say they're the first people who, who dubbed me the princess of Africa yeah. because I went to visit in Uganda and from Kampala no, from Anteba to Kampala There yeah. were people just standing outside yeah, Just streams of, of screens, people yeah. that were waiting to see this princess And I had no idea who the princess was <laughs> And I said to, to the promoter, Mike Mukula I said, I come from Soweto We don't have these things of kings, queens, princesses And, yeah. you know, I'm just a machamplan from Soweto <laughs> and, and they had placards They yeah. said, we love you, Yvonne You are our princess, uh-huh. Webala Nyo yeah. And um, I, I, I love Ugandans yeah. very much It's just unfortunate because I'd been married for two years uh, before that it would have been so nice To have a husband from Uganda
1: I know And I know people Were always trying to set you up I heard all the stories Chameleon I think Tried to set you up With people Which is quite funny But um, you know um, Let's talk a little bit about Just before we get into anything Two people who have been close to you One of them is Brahim Asakela just recently passed away yeah. And then Also I saw on Twitter That you paid homage to Radio from Radio and Weasel From Uganda Who yeah. just passed away Yeah As well Um, Do you have any messages Or thoughts around the two artists? Well you know the two
0: artists, um, it's just said that Africa is losing their very good artists. So mm. to both families, I want to say, you know, uh, my condolences go out to them mm. and may their souls rest in peace. You know, they gave us love. They gave us hope. They entertained us. Mm. They informed us. And I just want to say, you know what? You're gone. Mm. You are gone, but we'll never forget you. Mm. Everything that you did for us will always linger in our minds and it will always be there. And our children may just not forget you they should know who you are Definitely. yeah
1: and now you know i i also heard about how your father who passed away he sounds like an amazing dad like you had like the ideal dad um you know you, you mentioned the one time in an interview about how it was that your father when he was playing aretha franklin's music he would play it loud but then when it came to playing like Miriam keba and brahima Sikelä, he you know everything became quiet and you had to close the curtains and everything what what was the importance of music in south africa during the apartheid struggle what, what the importance of it and just some of the things that you know musicians like yourself did with regards to moving the liberation forward
0: you know growing up in soweto um every friday from friday saturday sunday it's christmas mm. because everybody they will take out their speakers outside the the house yeah. I, I don't know what is it with us africans or you know people who live in townships but that's what we do mm. if you've got a radio insight and you've got those high facets and speakers you take them outside and as yet do mm-hmm. so everybody who's who's got the highest, the highest volume. Yeah. <laughs> and you will hear this song, the other side, it's this song. And and I, I used to ask myself, mm. when dad played all these songs of Neil Armstrong, Mahalia Jackson, and, mm. and when he played, Mary a song, or we had one album that he really loved. It was uh, Roots. Mm. You know, it had songs like Java, and all those songs. And he would turn down the volume. And I could not understand as a nine-year-old, Old ten-year-old yeah. at the time, and when he played, mm-hmm. and and you know, uh, the curtains will be shut and the volume is turned down. But when, uh, I mean, my dad was the first one who came with that um, uh, uh, CD. Uh, well, it was a CD. It was a tape, yes. "Sexual Healing." And at home, <laughs> Mom, I mean, we were like Marvin gay and he was like, yeah, you know, and and I, I used to ask myself. Why when you play this? And he would say, no, some of this music is bent. It's not allowed. Oh. So that's why he kept those vinyls in mm-hmm. his bedroom. So I sort of understood, but mm-hmm. I did not, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I think as a young girl, we were really conscientized, mm. even though my father and my mother were not political at all, mm. but they made us aware. I remember my mother really used to beat me up. Every time I listened to the radio, I used to be so scared when I heard the news saying the terrorists bombed some town and I would switch the radio off and my mother used to beat me up. Making tonight's news headlines, a massive bomb blast shakes the centre of Windhoek. Why are you switching off the... I'm like, the news. these people. Maybe they hear us, mom, or they can hear that we're listening. Mm-hmm. So I used to be very scared of listening oh, to those. And, uh, and in Zulu, they used to call them kuni something like that. And that word, if, if, when I'm sleeping, it will be playing over, over, and over, you know, in my head. And you ask yourself, is there something that I don't understand as a child? What is wrong? Mm-hmm. And it was when my father died. When the white government took the house away from my mother and my mother worked as a a domestic worker, then we ended up staying in the Murder's backyard. Mm. That's when I sort of realized that things are not rosy as I thought Mm. they were. I was happy in Dobsonville. Yeah, I was happy in Dobsonville. We had our four-roomed house, you know, two bedrooms. Parents' bedroom and the three girls' bedroom, you know, we shared. uh, There was a single bed, which was for my elder sister, Doreen. And there was this small double bed, which me and Rufila, my middle sister, had to share. You know, and sometimes when I made her angry, she will make me sleep on the floor, you know. But um, we had a a, a nice, clean home. You know, there was nothing on towards But my mother was a freak, clean freak. So was my dad. Every Saturday morning, dad would wake up in the morning. Clean the kitchen. I I always wanted winter to come. He would clean the kitchen and it would be shining, and he would make fire, and he would put the two kettles, you know, a big one and a small Mm -hmm. one, on the stove, and it would boil, and he would make breakfast for us. So I always tell my husband. I married a wrong man. I would have married, have married my dad. dad. <laughs> yeah. He can't make me breakfast. He can't, you know, he no. can't even, only on Woman's Day he brings me breakfast. At least one day. At oh least gosh. one day. 365 days of the year should be Mother's Day, you yeah. know, or Woman's Day.
1: I agree. Yeah. And also just um, talking about that, there's a story about how you actually recorded your first uh, record without your mom knowing. And I laugh at that because when I first did radio, my dad actually had no idea. <laughs> he found out from other people. But I want you to share about how, That whole process happened And then how you eventually got your mom to sign a recording contract Because you were 19 years old Yes I um,
0: was in matric And unfortunately uh, In matric I felt pregnant Mm. uh, Which was a blow to me And my two sisters Because my mother didn't even know That I was pregnant Mm. And it was like Oh wow our world is coming down Trampling now What are we going to do and eventually my mother did find out that I was pregnant at eight months because I was at very skinny. I was flat. I even entered for Miss Patco, uh, wow. Miss Ellery, And I won. <laughs> busy winning
1: you're like And I won you're all like these minutes. I
0: was flat, flat, flat. And yeah. in fact, when my sister took me to the doctor because she was a nurse then, she said, Something's wrong with you, Yvonne. I didn't know. I actually didn't even know as yeah. well. And um and the doctor said, I've never seen something like this. she's seven months pregnant. we can't even abort her and my sister started crying and i'm sitting there and like what are you crying for she said you're pregnant i said me no (laughs) you know she (laughs) said you started sleeping with boys i'm like no way! (laughs) It's not me as a matter of fact when my son grew up they called him jesus because my sister said so you slept with the holy ghost because you're you're saying you've never slept with boys and here you are you're pregnant so it was really a joke Mm -hmm. you know but um And I just passed my matric and I was due to go to university the following year to study law because my mother wanted me to go and study law. So now I'm this young, naive, stupid to to be blank mother, had no idea. As a matter of fact, I tried to breastfeed my son, Temba, and he just didn't like it. I think he could feel it that... This is not a real mother, you know, so I don't want this yeah. breast, you know, you would just try and put the breast in him, in his mouth, and he would scream, he would cry. So my mother was really upset, and I had to go to, to town, because I live in the township, to go and look for a job, or, you know, to do something, because now I'm this young mother. and And my mother was like, I think she had such high ambitions for me, and I clearly disappointed her. So, to correct the wrongs that I did, I had to do something. But I think God works in wonders. I look back today and I say to myself, if this journey that I had or took did not happen, I wouldn't be here where I am. So, I have no regrets whatsoever, absolutely none. Because one particular day I was in town, you know, looking for a job, and they advertised on television they were looking for young people to come and do presenting. On, uh, on, on the television so I ended up at the SABC on Commissioner Street so it was full all the young girls were there and the white people then sort of paired us in threes you know and we had to sit at the reception and they'll take us upstairs for an audition or something like that but whilst I was sitting there the lady who was paired with me and the other ladies a guy came in called Louis Loppe. he worked for a record company and he said oh I recognize you you know I think they went to church together or something like that and he said I work for a record company and they're actually looking for girls. So come with me. So Louis inviting this lady, Sungu, and Sungu invites me to come because I'm being paired with her. And I look at my time and I'm like, I wanna do this interview here, I wanna be a TV presenter. But I have to be home before my mother gets back because I left my son with the neighbors. So, you know, and sometimes I would lie to my mom, I would say I was going to look for a scholarship or a bursary or places where they can help me, you know, uh, get money to go to university because she didn't have sufficient money. Cut the long story short, I ended up going with her even though I wasn't happy. And we got to Defund Records. A guy called Phil Hollis owned Defund Records and he was there. And the guy comes in. He said, Phil, I've got two ladies. Don't talk to the other one. I don't know her. And Meaning you me. don't talk to you. And wow. I look at this guy with a real attitude. I'm like, mm, I'm feeling sheepish. I don't want to be here anyway. You know. So Phil Hollis calls this lady who's been introduced to by uh, Louis. So they get into the boardroom. I sit at the reception feeling sorry and shippish, you know. What did I come here for? You
1: oh, should be a team presenter.
0: As yeah, I, I was standing yeah. up, literally standing up to, to leave because I thought, I don't know this lady anyway. So she's not going to be upset with me when I leave. And so as I walk, standing up to, to leave, the guy comes, says, oh, young lady, would you do an audition? So I look at him with anger, you know, resentment, and I'm like, I don't want to be here. And he said to me, come, come. So he's coming with Sungu. He said, sit at the reception, come into the boardroom. So I go into the boardroom, and I don't want to be here. I want to leave now, and my time is really running out. Anyway, he puts the song, so oh, the song oh, plays. Oh, oh, oh. I get irritated by this phone. No words, no nothing. So he says, Do you like this beat? I'm like, How do I like it? I'm hearing it for the first time, you know. So he looks at me and says, You're very cheeky, young girl. So I'm like, Boss, I have to really go now, you know. Um, What do you want me to do you for? You know, so he's like, Oh, you know, I haven't had that one. What do you want me to do you for? You know, I mean, that was like the quickie English that we used to speak. So he says to me, Can you sing? I said, well, yeah, I do sing in church, and but I I, want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be, I I, I don't want to sing. So he said to me, all right, can you sing? I'm like, okay. So I burst into a song. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And the guy just opened the door, held his head and was like, said, I found my girl. That's how Yvonne was found, and he gave me four purple five rents, so I became an instant rich girl. And I've got <laughs> 20 rents, wow. and I'm looking at the money. And He gives me a tape of this song, he give me, gives me the paper with the words written, You know, it's raining in the city, I've got nowhere to go, I've no one to talk to except the voice on the radio. I'm in love, love with the D, D, DJ. I'm like, Okay, so what am I gonna do with this? He says, Learn the song, come back on Monday. It's <laughs> Where to go? That's how we've almost found.
1: Now, let's also talk just um, a little bit with regards to, there's so many like amazing stories around you and Madiba. And um, the one story about how... Um, Madiba kept on calling your house. And I think it was Timber. It was Infumo. that he spoke yeah. to. Please share that story. <laughs> I was really like...
0: <laughs> so there is Yvonne now starting to sing, you know, uh, from Yvonne Machaka to Yvonne Chaka And, you know, started walking the streets, people recognizing me, others, you know, not sure whether it's me or hearing the song. And... There comes 1990, and all our leaders have been released from jail. Yes. And I think Madiba and Babasisulu and all those leaders were just amazing men. Mm. Because Madiba then kept on calling different people, I hear. Mm. I was one of those lucky people who did receive a call from him. And he said, I'd like to come and visit you at your house. And I'm like, no, I'll come and visit you.
1: Mm.
0: And so I think he'd been calling, you know, the landline. And... I think Mfumu, Mfumu, was born in 1990. Mm. So this was in 93, 93 or so. So he used to really love the phone. So this particular day, I walked past the lounge where the phone is, and I seen Mfumu on the phone, but he's a young boy. So I grabbed the phone and I said, who are you talking to, mm-hmm. Nana? And he said, man, man. So I'm like, hello, I could hear this man laughing on the other side. I'm like, who is this? So he says, Uh Mandela. I'm like, Mandela? Who's Mandela? You know? <laughs> and he says, Mandela. And I end up like, I protect he says, i, I I'm, <laughs> You said that to him. No, Imagine. I was feeling so bad. So he laughed. Oh but then I could hear this Like I mean, I've never spoken to this man on the yeah. phone before. And he says, who answered the phone? The young man likes the phone. <laughs> and I'm like... This is real now. So I'm like, okay, sending attention. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Dada. Oh, please forgive me. I don't know whether to put the phone down. And so he says, he really loves the phone. He kept on asking, why do you like calling mommy? Are you mommy's boyfriend? Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, please forgive me. I'm not, but he was just amused by that. He was laughing. I mean, Fumu is like a little four-year-old at that time, you know. And um, so he ended up coming to visit the house. And it was sad because Fumu didn't even see Madiba when he came because he was sleeping on oh, that shame. particular day. So Ningi and Temba were the ones who were running around the house making tea for this guy. And, you know, they still have their... Uh, pictures with Madiba in their own in their pajamas, mm-hmm. you know, as as young boys. Oh, and I was really blessed to have met this really great, great, great leader of Africa.
1: Yeah. Now, I just want to actually read a quote talking about leaders of Africa. There was a quote that you said that was so powerful. You said leaders in Africa need to go back to the drawing board. Why are we develop? Why are we still In a developing space when Africa has all the minerals Leaders should know minerals Should benefit all, not a few We cannot afford to have some people being Extremely rich and others extremely poor Governments need to level the playing fields um, So that everybody benefits With regards to the state of leadership In Africa currently um, You know, are there any leaders What do you think about the general state of leadership in Africa And then are there any leaders for you that are standout leaders That are doing a great job You know, I I actually think
0: Um we are sometimes to blame because we put these leaders in power even though we know that they're not going to give us what we want and we still vote for them and And then we complain later, I think it's very important for people to vote mm-hmm. because if you don't, you can cry foul and and say, "Oh, they didn't do anything, mm-hmm. but that mark that you put there mm-hmm. gives you the power to go back to the leader and mm-hmm. say, "We voted you to get good services. We voted you to have good health care services. We voted you in power to have good education. You know the minerals that are in our country should be benefiting everybody." Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, it's just so sad that our people are constantly being made to drop standards, like in education. Mm -hmm. I think if our children have great education, they'll be able to do things for themselves. Mm -hmm. No one will ever take them for granted because there's absolutely no wealth or no, 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 no wealth without health and education. Mm -hmm. When people are healthy, they wake up, they don't feel sorry for themselves, they go to work. When people are empowered, when people are educated, they don't sit there and cry foul. So you find that our leaders then, it's like a a very subdued suppression that Mm -hmm. happens around. So, you know, there's a program that I started a couple of years ago. It's called I Want to Be President Leaders of the 21st -hmm. Century. This is for young people. I'm saying we've had our leaders they've done their bit they've made mistakes now it's time for our young people to take charge and shape the africa that they want
1: i'm just talking a bit about vivian um you know and just just you know just to celebrate women like her in africa talk to us about your relationship with her and you know just what you think about her in terms of her being a leader I am just so, so happy, you know, as a mother working with different
0: young people, not only in South Africa, but across Africa. Mm. Um, Vivian Nonano, she is just like my baby. An amazing, very talented and very clever girl, you know, who came from not a very rich family. She worked her way up to being a leader because she is a leader. And it shows that it doesn't matter where you come from. You can be what you always want to be mm. by working hard, by acquiring as much knowledge as possible, by being educated and just questioning things. Mm. Because I think the problem becomes when we don't question things and, and just say everything is okay. Mm. So Vivian is just one of those leaders that question things and uh, and goes out to the public and to young people mm. to to talk to them about young people's issues Mm. and um, you go to Tanzania a young girl called uh, Jokate. Jokate Moguelo. I know her yeah yeah. (laughs) That's my other uh, uh, child you know and so and and in Tanzania there's a young musician called Otuk. Yes. And these are young people that I mentor and Mm. work with and want to understand the problems and how I can help Mm. because you know Sometimes we adults, we always think we know it all, mm. but we don't know the problems that young people go through. Mm. All we have to do is to listen, give guidance, and hold their hand mm. for them to be better people. Mm. So I'm just so grateful that I've I've gotten to work with those young people, understood them, and those are my uh, leaders yeah. of the 21st yeah. century.
1: Now let's also, you know, there's something that kind of um, has been that we've seen growing around the world in general, this whole thing about nationalism and people being like, it's my country first, it's me first, without mentioning nations, you know. And when we also look at, um you know, I, I said that to bring it back into the context of Africa, you know, obviously in South Africa, there's been this huge issue around Afrophobia. And I sat back the one day and I thought to myself about how, you know, and and I think you also alluded to it, about how during apartheid, a lot of South Africans were in exile in other African countries. And for a huge amount of it, we don't see media covering the role that Africa played in the liberation of South Africa. It's almost always the international world versus Africa playing a role. What do you think that we can do with regards to righting that wrong in history so that As Africans, we can be united as one versus there being different factions and sections and regions of the continent. I think xenophobia goes back to, uh,
0: you know, us um, as an African nation Mm. uh, being stereotyped Mm. and sort of being brainwashed to say a South African is better than a Ugandan, a Ugandan Mm. is better than a Nigerian. and, uh, And I think it boils back to education. You know, education becomes very important to know and respect your fellow brothers Mm -hmm. because really we are one. Mm -hmm. And migration has always been there. You come to South Africa, Mm -hmm. the people who came to dig gold and working in the mines were people who came from Malawi, from Mm -hmm. Zambia, some even from Tanzania and other places. And they came here. And when things were very tough in South Africa, when our brothers wanted this liberation and fought for it, yes. Yes many went overseas but some went to africa mm-hmm. I, you know they went into the near, neighboring countries mm-hmm. in africa you know so it's 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 all about education and ignorance you know when people are ignorant then such things do happen mm-hmm. so i want to urge my african brothers to mm-hmm. say we are one
1: mm-hmm. we
0: need to learn from one another respect one another's uh, yeah. uh, 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 culture mm-hmm. and 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 say Unfortunately, we live in this global space. No one will ever stop that. Mm. A Ugandan will see an opportunity in South Africa and they'll come here and they'll make it work. Mm. A South African will see an opportunity in Zimbabwe or Nigeria and they'll go there and they'll Mm. make it work. Whether it's in IT space, whether it's in music, whether it's in business, or so those things will always happen. Mm. So we always have to be ready to accept other nationalities, Mm. learn from them and say, what are you bringing into my country? How can I learn from you instead of me thinking you're here to take my job? Mm. That That is just ignorance. Mm. It doesn't work like that. And we end up being xenophobic and start wanting. But it's wanting, not even a naturally African thing. You know, which is not. Yeah. I mean, Africans have always been a very close-knit family. Mm. We grew up as one, and our brothers were in different countries when it, when there was apartheid mm. they were housed in different countries mm. they were accepted they were educated in different countries so we need to re- reciprocate reciprocate mm. we're the last ones to have our freedom and there's a lot for us to learn mm. you know from all those other countries the mm. mistakes they've gone through the sufferings they've gone through and other things we should be looking up to all those countries and say what can we learn from what
1: they've already achieved Mm. and now you tell a a very beautiful story about when you were after your dad had passed away and um, you said about how and I'm trying to get the quotes exactly right Uh, you basically said about how you, you, you know the mothers next door were our mothers the fathers next door were our fathers you know and just this whole thing about community always looking after each other and then also when you went to audition for Sugar Shack you were the first black person on TV in South Africa um, You went to Sugar Shack And you went in And you, you were dressed Kind of like shabbily That's what they said But you were neat And put together mm-hmm. And you also spoke about How your mom would sell her shoe To make sure that Her daughters were okay And they didn't have to go Anywhere else Now fast forward To where we sit right now um, You know At a very scary time Where the men aren't necessarily our fathers or our protectors and you know and young girls unfortunately i think because of what you see on social media everybody's like in order to be somebody i have to have have the right hair the right shoes the right this and they'll go to whatever lengths necessary you know in order to get it what would your message be to you know to the generation now with regards to that you know lee um
0: Things have become very scary. Mm. When I grew up, I knew that I would not stand at the corner with James or Tequiso there and have uh, a sweet nothing talk because their mother next door will hit me. Mm. And when my mother comes back, she'll go and report me to say, Yvonne was standing at the corner with James or Tegiso or and they were hugging or holding hands. or uh, That was not allowed. Mm. And my mother would still beat me up. Mm. And the father next door was my father. The uncle next door was my uncle. So things have really changed, not for the good, for the bad. Mm. You know, we've got pedophiles, mm. you know, young, old people mm. who pray, you know, uh, and, 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 and do very silly things to our children. Mm. So our children are getting exposed to all sorts of but funny things. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, this bless us as well. Yeah. Our children just think it's, it's good to, not to work hard Mm. for anything that Mm. i have and get it very Mm. easy Mm. by selling my body or by you know because this guy's going to give me a cell phone or a a, a buy me nice hair or or clothes or things like Mm. that i think it goes back to the family how you were raised everything boils back to our families. Mm. When my father died, I was 11, and you can imagine a house of four girls. Mm. My mother could have allowed any Tom, Dick, and Harry Mm. to come home, or she could have said, you can see there's no father here, go and fend for yourselves. Mm. But she never did. Mm. She guarded us. She protected us. She was just there to to guide us, to Mm. be good women respecting ourselves respecting our bodies and 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 and, and not selling us short mm-hmm. so really as a mother today of four boys i look back and i say i'm grateful to my mother because mm-hmm. i'm the woman that i am because of her she never gave me everything i wanted she gave me all those things things that I needed mm-hmm. and I had to learn it very hard that you don't just get things easy mm. so today things are becoming very easy for our children to mm. get and sometimes put them in trouble as well so as a mother if I know that I did not buy that Louis Vuitton bag and my daughter comes with it who bought it for her We should be asking the question yeah. I didn't buy that phone for you who bought it for you but such things don't happen mm. so that becomes a really serious
1: problem in mm. the society yeah. And I like the fact that you actually, uh, you know, you've brought it back to what it is that, that's important. It is the element of family. That's the most important thing. And just the breakdown of family has, is part of the reason why we're seeing a lot of these things happen in society. They absolutely, they really do, yeah. you know, and sometimes, you know, you just think, okay, mothers are working
0: hard, you know, two jobs and they don't even see their children because they're yeah. trying to give them good, uh, education or just a good living. Yeah. And that becomes a, a dis. Jointment mm-hmm. things, you know. It, it's like the child would like say, "Mummy's not at home," mm-hmm. you know, but Mummy's probably going to work, so that we can get food, we mm-hmm. can go to school, and mm-hmm. things like that. So there's just so much that the society mm-hmm. has to do. Mm-hmm. But when I grew up. When I knew that there was no bread at home, I would go to Sestelma next door and say, Sestelma, we don't have bread. Can I have two slices of bread? But Mum did say there were like four tomatoes or, or three onions. Can I give you two tomatoes and one onion? And we buttered. And that's how we grew up. And there was no shame in that. So, you know, children would never go to sleep without food. When we grew up, there were no street children. That was not bad. Because children were everybody's business. If your child was seen in the corner or standing there asking for money, why would you even do that? Such things were not there. They never existed. So we need to go back to the drawing board and say, what are we not doing what we did then to make us a close-knit family and good people?
1: Sure. I love that. I'm just so like, that's amazing because you're right. There were no street children and that's a new phenomenon. It should not exist at all. I really could speak to you for like hours and hours and hours for many, many, many reasons. But again, you know, I, I think I said this to you when we were off air, um, where I basically said to you that as somebody growing outside of my home country, I just remember that as my family moved from country to country, it was your music that made us feel at home all the time, like all the time. Every time there's a Ugandan gathering, whether we were in Zimbabwe or Kenya or, you know, or in South Africa, it was always that. So just for being just for being somebody who has just always been proudly African at a time when it wasn't popular to be Africa, to be African. I say thank you so much just for being brave enough to be who you are and to live in your truth and to just inspire an entire generation of people. I say thank you very much from everyone's behalf, Honestly speaking. And yeah, if we have more people like you, I mean, I think you should run for president personally. <laughs> well, <laughs> president of, if there was a president you. of Africa, you should be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Lee. You know, I've always been this young, proud African. Yeah. I had a chance in 1986 to go and live in Paris. Yeah. Uh, you know, And I said to Phil Hollis, I don't think I'm keen. Mm. I want to be known in Africa. Mm. I want to know and understand Mm. Africa. And today I'm very happy that I am an African. I have one passport, though. I'm a South African. Mm. I can sleep in Uganda. That's my home. I can sleep in Kenya or in Surilon. That is my home. And I'm a real proud African. Mm. And as I say, Africa is not the dark continent that everybody perceives it to be. Africa is a great continent that needs great leaders. We've got beautiful weather. We've got minerals. We don't need to be called a dump. Mm. So our African leaders must really shape up Mm. unless they are going to be called other names. I mean, exactly.
1: Thank you so much for spending time with us. And when did Museveni actually give you land in Uganda? No, because I'll start that petition again. No, he didn't. Before some other country steals you. I've got, I've got land
0: in, 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 um, uh, Liberia. In, in Liberia, came before you came yes, and they call me Chief Swakoko in Liberia. Oh, so lovely. I must go and claim my land and tell the new president uh, George, George Ware, Ware. Yeah, yeah. that um, I need my my land. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, it's so lovely. I think you can go to any country and you have a home. Thank you so much for spending time. With You're welcome. Us. Thank Definitely you. changing the narrative. I've got
0: land in Tanzania as well.
1: Yes, Veganer's I do. fallen behind. <laughs> they have. Yeah, I'm really feeling like gutted right now. <laughs> but I'll fix it. Don't worry. I'll get you like prominent land, like a really big piece of I'd land. i love that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for
0: having me.